It's the Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows it's the Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. The Pandarin Talk. Everybody knows it's the Pandarin Talk. Hello, and welcome back to the Pandarin Talk. My name's Sean Dangler, and I'm with you as always. This is another edition of Day in Life, baby. That's right. This week... I'm talking about something we all love and do, and no, no, that's not true. I just want to talk about the farming thing. I think I'm slowly, you know, I've talked about it in the past. I've slowly but surely each year I feel like I've learned a little more to help me with, to get me to where I'm at. And so I'm, I'm starting to get a more of a handle on things and, Basically, what I want to just talk about is I've uh, I've come to the conclusion I have it. I basically things I got in at the about the most the right time to farm because uh, the markets were great. Not that the markets are bad now, but here's the dilemma: as you just look out in the future, like oh man. So basically, to be a corn and a bean farmer. This isn't probably, I just, I feel like most people that aren't farmers don't realize this. But essentially, to be a corn and a bean farmer, you, you have to, oh my god. You have to just rely on other people doing terrible so you can succeed. That's like how it feels. <laughs> if you're going to get good prices, that's it's from the revenue standpoint. I mean, you can market to different locations. That's fine. You can get some stuff there. I can see how that works. But it is solely reliant because the last few years, the reason prices got so good is because, well, like places weren't producing as much as they should have been. So the balance sheets got a little tight and now they're uh, not getting so tight. But you're basically being like, I hope, you know, Brazil's crop goes terrible so I can uh, make money, which isn't the right way to think about it. So that's, that's from the revenue standpoint. You know, you sit there and you're like, oh, man, I got to market these bushels, you know, in the right spot. Basically, unless you are taking the risk of not being a corn and soybean farmer, whether you're farming some other thing that maybe isn't as insured or subsidized or however you want to say it, you're pretty much playing into the forces uh, if you don't, if you go with the other crops, you assume the risk of it a little more of doing that. Uh, but you also have to market your product and, uh, they make corn and beans too easy to market. And the problem is, while it certainly helped along the way, makes it easier to produce that thus makes the whole entire market of everything, uh, by, or basically a, this is what forces the consolidation of the markets leading to consolidations of farmers and operators because it's easier. You, just the bigger machinery you have, who can afford it, can do things quicker. That's literally how this goes. It's like any, how any, uh, any specific market works, you know? And so 
it's just tough. And it's like, I must have just been, I know I'm kind of stupid. I kind of, not stupid, but just ignorant. I don't know what to say. Uh, going into this and just being like, I'll figure it out. And looking back, it's like, oh, maybe I should have figured that out a little better. Um, but things, you know, I've thought, had these thoughts. These thoughts, I think, go through most farmers' heads or other people's heads just quite often. Where you're just like, am I doing the right thing? Is this the best idea? But essentially, uh, really where it comes down for farming is you can market, be the best marketer in the world and it probably won't matter. And you can get to an extent, unless you can really con someone into buying some high-priced corn and beans. Uh, you got to... Beware of your, your costs. And that's the part uh, that I'm figuring out a little more now. And I wish I would have known more going into this. Done more research. I don't know. I don't I don't really know. There's nothing I could have done any different. Because it's kind of you're going in blind hoping you figure it out. Especially <laughs> being someone who did not go to like ag college. Where I'm sure they kind of teach you the business side of it a little more. Not that I don't have a business. I have a business degree in finance. So, like, I know that type of stuff. I'm not, you know, I just couldn't predict what was going to happen in a sense. But essentially, the thing is, it's just looking at my costs and looking at how much it's going to produce to produce a certain level of uh, corn and beans, certain... um, Yield, I guess. That's that's the word I'm going for. It's essentially like, oh, okay. My cost of production is much higher than I thought it was going to be. And granted, you know, as your cost of production, if you got enough cash, you can hold buffer it, you know, eventually prices wouldn't go down. Uh, prices meaning my fixed or not my fix, just my costs in general, would go down because obviously, you know, people don't want to pay for things, so supply becomes a little more, blah, 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 that's how that works. And so that's where I, I kind of lie and stand at is I am just looking at my costs. I'm like, what the hell am I going to change? <laughs> how am I going to make this work? You know, and I know I think about this a little differently, I think. I'm not saying everyone, maybe I am the same as everyone, but I just look and I'm like, I really want to be able to make a profit each year on my whole crop. You know, you can't be a perfect. It's like, I don't want to just stare and be like, I'm losing money no matter what. Like, that is not the way you want to do it. And yes, I'm probably, hopefully... You know, I put my budget to get together for next year, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like, oh, you know, and I, I'm, I really haven't got any prices on anything. I'm kind of just spitballing off the top of my head, you know, and just kind of going with how I do it, and not being like super. I haven't got any prices. Kind of just going off what I did this year, and kind of adjusting, probably increasing it a little more, uh, just to adjust for maybe probably some price increases because that's how it's been going, but it's just like, oh man, I might not, I don't know, it's either, it's it's kind of the thing that's frustrating about it, I will say, 
is one, it's like, okay, I need either like a part-time job or not that I, I already do enough stuff, other freelance work, like freelance work or a part-time job where it's like, oh, I got to like do this to make up, you know, my loss or potential loss, you know, make myself feel better. And it's like, oh, I understand why people uh, have full-time jobs and then farm a little bit on the side or anything like that. And I, I think about that and I'm like, the reason I got into farming was I just wanted like freedom to farm and then do others, the stuff I really want to do. But unfortunately it's turned into, well, I got to like support. I feel like it's turned into, oh, well, I got to support the farm and that's about all I can do, you know, and I can't really do the more fun stuff. And so that's, that's honestly the part where it gets hard because I'm just like, I have, you know, I hope it doesn't turn out that way, but those are always my thoughts is that that's how it's going to be. And it's like, is it really worth farming? And I'm like, oh, you know, if I move back, you know, and actually live there, it takes out my whole life uh, situation and you do that and you're like, ah, yeah, I don't even know if I could have a nice job there to do it. And it's just like, whew, like, wow. This gets real dumb real quick, you know, and I just hate, like, and I, I was told this by someone, and I go, oh, you just, I told it's farming, like, oh, you're farming for a loss. I'm like, why the fuck should that be a thing? You know, why, why should everything be consolidated? And why, why do most farmers in Iowa, what was it? I think it was a third of farmers I saw on the news the other day, I think it was on WHL, are above the age of 70. What the fuck is that? What other industry has that? And that's the reason probably why we're at where we are, because people are holding on, and especially people who uh, grew up at a time when the government subsidized a lot more other stuff in life. They don't have as many expenses. They just have a lot more freaking cash to throw around. And it's just like everything else. It's like that's the hard part where I deal with, uh, agriculture and whatnot. As it is, it's a rich guy's ball game, you know? Like, I, I'm lucky. I will say for all my things, it's lucky that I even have a chance to do this and whatnot. I'm not going to say that that's not that, but really when I think of the macro picture, you're just like, this is just like everything else, you know, like where small people are just getting thrown out chewed up, they're done, and it's only the big bo- big bad boys are the only ones that are holding on, and it's just going to get worse, and then it leads to these small towns that are not much, much small towns anymore, and they just keep shrinking, because the people who are farming the land that are around the small town, they don't live there, they live miles away, you know? It used to be, you know, every 160, 180, you know, it wasn't exactly that way. But, you know, it just, people farmed less. And, like, I just, I really, it it, it, uh, it just upsets me. Because it's it's really, like, it sucks for me, but it really doesn't. You know, I'll figure shit out. But, it, but it sucks for anyone else who has never been in farming or whatnot because it's so sh- shut off. I hate the, the family farm 
uh, fucking bullshit that like big organizations or uh, co-op to use to like make people feel, oh, that family farmer out there. That is just not true anymore. You know, a lot of people are way too big for this. And it's, it's a corporation, you know? It's just not that, unfortunately. And just, it just makes me mad. It makes me upset because I'm just like, this is not functional. Iowa is dying because we don't have family farms, you know? And then you throw in all the chemicals, all the other stuff that's getting sprayed on the land because we only have corn and beans and you can only, there's like weeds like water hemp that you have to like kill with all this different stuff. We put all this fertilizer on that's way too much. If you read Chris Jones, uh, who was a doctor and worked for the water uh, monitoring site for the University of Iowa. You know any of that stuff. The water in Iowa is so fucked up. And as much as you want to say that it's the golf courses or whatever, it doesn't matter. Or the city slickers. It's all big ag. And it's not that... Like, I, I do the same. I know I spray that stuff. I'm trying to, like, reduce it a little bit or try to be better about it or understand what I'm doing. You know, and people are like, well, you got to do this to feed the world. But guys, when we're growing 60% of the corn in Iowa for gas, for ethanol, I don't know if that's really the best idea. And I also believe the ethanol industry, they don't, they don't give a shit about the family farmer. They just give a shit about making wine in their products. That's why this stupid carbon uh, pipeline's being uh, put up. Because they just want to make a little more money. They want it to be more green. I'll put that in quotes. And so it's just, it's tough, you know, like, it's just frustrating because it's, I don't, I got into farming because, oh, the freedom, you know, I get to be away from everyone. I get to kind of just be my own boss, which I have loved. I love every part of dictating my own schedule. But the thing is, and I've realized this about myself about about every other part of my life that I do, I always can find the bullshit. The shit that makes it suck. The things that aren't right. And boy, oh boy, as a small farmer, you look around and when I'm like, I'm trying to make these changes. And yeah, there's like there's an organization like uh, Practical Farmers of Iowa, who I believe are doing the right things by the land. But the people part of this organization and... They're all great people. I highly recommend anyone who's not a part of it to be a part of it. They're not the big actors in ag that are controlling the levers of the government. Whether it be uh, the Iowa legislature or the U.S. legislature. There's a story the other day where Chuck Grassley was grilling Tom Vilsack, the Secretary of Agriculture, about these programs, uh, these climate smart programs, something like that. Basically, Tom Vilsack said, well, this is what the farm lobby lobbying group told us. That, it's the same. It, that's, that's just uh, government capture right there. You know, if they're taking exactly word for word of what they want and just letting them do that. It's not the same. We wouldn't accept that with Big Pharma. We wouldn't accept that with that stuff. But that's just how the government goes. You know, and I know it's pretty dang hard to fix any of this, the smaller guys. Whatever. Probably won't. Been like this for the longest time. Maybe it's because I... I don't know. I went to a Bernie... 
Sanders rally years ago in 2016. I just, I align with that guy on certain parts. But the biggest thing is the rich. I just, yeah. Some farmers, we, I'm like me, I'm, I've lucked out, you know, like we have decent land. My parent family has nice land. It's going to be worth a lot. It's worth a lot of money. But the problem is, that's just fewer and fewer. Not as many people have those opportunities. Obviously, if you took away the corn and beans, the land prices would go down. It'd be harder. But honestly, it'd lead for a better either. There'd be more diversity on land, other things that people would do instead of just being few people lining their pockets. It'd suck for a bit, but whatever. I, it's, my whole MO in my life is eat the, <laughs> eat the rich. That's, I know that's what people say. I don't really care about eating the rich. My thing is, there is a certain amount, amount, we think there are certain rich people, but there is an even crazier level of rich people in this world that don't deserve to be rich. Even if you took a million of their dollars and gave it to someone else, gave it to 50, actually more, you give it to uh, hundreds and hundreds of people, that'd be way better for society than this one person hoarding that money. My, my, one example is this, is when I interned in New York City, I took improv classes and I met a few people. I had a friend in improv. Uh, I met through improv. And his girlfriend at the time, he was dating, uh, she, did, I don't believe, had an actual job. But she had a penthouse in, like, on the top of the building. I swear it was on top of the building. You could look out and you could see all the streets below, all the big city lights, in the middle of Manhattan. New York City, baby. She didn't have a fucking job. That was her family money that she had gotten. And yeah. The thing is, for Iowa, it did not... Iowa, like, if you look at South Park, South Park has an episode where they make fun of, like, they gotta send someone back in time to send to Iowa because we're 10 years behind. But we are behind in this aspect, but that's what it's turning into right now, is on the coast, older cities, you know, there's a lot of wealth in some people's hands, like crazy amount of wealth. No matter who you think is wealthy, more than that. Like, it's absurd. There is an absurd amount of rich people. And with the, how agriculture is going in Iowa, that's what it's turning into. Fewer and fewer people who are having that absurd amount of wealth. And just in general, in all of society, that's kind of basically what's happening. It's just people, if you just look around, the thing is, it's just people have too much money. And, and we have put issues with people... In Iowa, whatever, the whole America, where the people are not living as long as possible. Where our health, our health, our age of living is going down. That shouldn't be right in what is supposedly the most prosperous nation in the world. And you can look back, look at any, my favorite thing is if you look at economic charts about the disparity in wealth, literally just go look at uh, when Ronald Reagan became president. If you look a lot of that happens around the time of the 80s. And the wealth splits off. And that's where the rich become richer and the poor, eh, 
maybe they'll become poor, but just don't go up as much as the rich people do. And that's just not right. And that's also, you know, like, part of the reason is uh, antitrust laws. It's such a boring thing. But Reagan changed the rule where, like, I they, ch- they changed something, basically, where antitrust was not as enforceable. Because, like, back in the... Well, they broke up Big Oil, broke up uh, the phone, uh, Big be- Blue Bell, Bell system. But, like, all of that. They'd broken all that stuff up. But that just doesn't happen. Everything in society today is consolidating. That's what it feels like. You go, you look at the uh, college football right now. All those kind of, the Pac-12 is done. Because these organizations are trying to get more money for their school. So they have to expand. So now we're down to like four conferences. It's probably going to get down to three and then two eventually here. And we'll have a bunch of uh, also Rams. That's what's happening. And that's happening throughout society. But the problem is this didn't always be the issue. We had antitrust laws. But without the antitrust laws, it's just making it so fewer and fewer people are making more and more money while everyone else is like, what the fuck is going on? It's just like, that's the thing when I see people like, ah, college sports, you know, they're taking away, you know, the regional rivalries, all that stuff. It's like, no, no fucking shit. That's what's happened to the economy. Fucking go to any small town now. It's the fucking Dollar General's there. Or a Dollar Tree. It's just small. The regional aspect of America that made it great and made a lot of people have an opportunity to prosper is gone. Because the rich, fewer and people, companies are combining. We don't have pensions. There are barely any pensions. I saw something in the Axios newsletter about basically how people retiring now, you know, don't have enough to retire on because they don't have a pension. You know, a pension I would pay you the rest of your life. They don't have that. This company is like, no, we don't want it. Rich people who own these companies are like, no, we don't want to do that. Here, we'll just do the 401k. So 401k is fine. But the thing is, the reason that the 401k is so fucking annoying is everyone now has... Uh, their money in the stock market. And that only helps the bigger companies get bigger and bigger because the only way you make more money is if you put in your 401k. Like I have my 401k or my Roth IRA. I just put it in the S&P index fund. And you hope you make your money that way. But that's just hoping the economy gets better. But basically it just means the bigger companies who are on the stock market get bigger. I know people could shoot holes through this. I would love to hear it. But that's, at the end of the day, like, I feel like a fucking crazy person because I'm just like, I just don't like people having tons of money because there are so many other people in this life that could do better if they had a little more money. Just a few thousand dollars or they could buy a home. You know, I look around in the Des Moines Metro and it's like, houses are, you know, they're selling for a lot of money and one of the reasons they're selling is it's not because there's so many people looking to buy it. I mean, obviously there's people looking to buy a house. It's people who already have a lot of money who just want that nice passive income of a rental house. They're just greedy. Just want a little more money. Want to put their money somewhere else. Can't just give their money to someone to help someone else. Any of that.
It's a fucking shame, to say the least. It really, really is. And basically, just tying that back to agriculture, that's why it makes my prospect of looking at farm. I'm not trying to, I, this is definitely victimizing myself, but it just has illuminated me like, oh, this is, okay, I understand, you know, how is it so hard for people to do this? Especially people trying to get in that don't have the strongest foothold. <laughs> Especially someone who doesn't have a family farm or whatever, you know? Like, it's in, almost impossible, not much. Barriers to entry are very high. And that is tough. So, I don't know. I, I, you know, it is what it is. Things will turn out. We'll figure it out. My, I mean, my goal is I, I farm partially. I'm stubborn. Uh, I believe the way I'm trying to farm, it's the best way. Uh, trying to work with the environment, try to use some cover crops, try to use some other stuff. You can cut back on this, the synthetic stuff a little bit. Yeah. Can I, I think when you get into the regenerative ag, uh, movement and that type of stuff, people are a little, gets a little, little pseudoscience for me, but I do believe there's a place to where you can make some money using cover crops instead of just always, always just relying on synthetic stuff. Because if you're always relying on synthetic stuff, whether it's the fertilizer, the chemicals, any of that, you just become more reliant on it. I do believe in that. Nature provides us. And you might as well use it as the best you can. And goddamn, if I go broke with cover crops and trying to do what's right by the land, I go fucking broke. I'd rather do that than just feed the system. Famous last words. Famous last words right there. <laughs> All right. Well, if you want me to just talk about that more, if you should let me know. If you want to talk about, get back to talking about sports, I will do that. Problem is, I'm always driving, so I can't really just look at my phone and talk about sports, but. The NFL about to start up here. I'll hopefully be able to get back to doing that. So, like, subscri- like subscribe, tell a friend. Thank you so much for listening. All right, bye bye. Thank you for listening to the Pandering Talk. If you got any questions, concerns, or comments, just hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, all under the Pandering Talk. Thank you, and have a wonderful day.